Hello, hello. It's Silly and Sissy. And who is here today? I see you. I see magic in the wind. Hello, hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to Silly and Sissy, your favorite auntie. I'm here for you. Well, guys, it's been a while. I've been on the election. And if you kids don't know what an election is, well, ask your parents. But uh, election is when you vote for president or city council or measures that you like, things you want to see happen. So I've been caught up in that. And so, but we need stories. I'm glad that everyone is enjoying The Wizard of Oz. I found some new stories. I've been also looking for some new public domain stories. And guess what I found? The Boxcar Children. Those are really fun stories, and I'm going to read them today. We're going to start reading The Boxcar. I don't have number one, but I'll fill you in. The Boxcar kids are little orphans, and they went to live with their auntie and their uncle, and and they solve problems. They solve mysteries. They're adventurous. This book was written in 1950, and there's like 50 of them. I have two, so we'll read two of them. But uh, it starts out, number one starts out in a jiffy, I'll tell you. It starts out as the boxcar children come to live with their aunt, and they don't know what's going on. They lived in a boxcar, obviously. And then they ended up with their aunts and uncle, I believe. And we'll find out in the next one. They always tell you. But... And now they're trying to figure out life and have adventures. Because adventures are fun, fun, fun. I see you, Isadora. I see you, Clementine Snow. I see you, Chessie and Bunny and Barry, too. And Gatsby. Let's tell stories. Shall we now? The Boxcar Children. Welcome to Storytime with Silly Aunt Sissy and Radio Theater. Where I talk about parenting tips and fun things to do. And everyone should educate their families about it. This this story has been sponsored by the election. But now, that's it about the election. Now we're going to tell stories. So, radio theater. Here's the Boxcar Children. Surprise Island. Oh, it looks like they came to live with their grandfather. Chapter one, the first surprise. No, tell us, Grandfather, cried Henry. We cannot. We ran all the way home from school. Tell us, shouted Benny, throwing himself down on the grass beside the dog. School is out for the whole summer, and Watch wants to know. Violet, I want to know, too, said Jesse. Mr. Alden was sitting in the garden reading. He looked at his four grandchildren in surprise. Let me see. Was this the day I said I'd tell you? He asked them. He's joking, Benny, said Jesse. Joking, said Mr. Alden. I mean everything I say. But he was joking, just the same, and enjoying himself, too. In the spring, he had promised his grandchildren a surprise for the summer, and now he had been waiting for them more than an hour for the children to come home. School is out, said Violet. We ran all the way home, shouted Benny. Yes, so you said, said Mr. Alden slowly. You said the surprise was something you liked to do yourself when you were 15, Henry told him. Yes, 
or even six, said Mr. Alden, looking at Benny. And you said you'd tell us the minute school was out, Grandfather, said Benny. Mr. Alden laughed. <laughs> I certainly did, he replied. And now I'm going to tell you. The four children looked at him. He began, Once upon a time, my father bought an island. He bought one, cried Henry. Yes, Mr. Alden went on. The island is very small. There is nothing much on it except a small house, a barn, and a fisherman's hut. My father wanted a quiet place to keep his best horses. Old Captain Daniel, who runs the motorboat, lives in the fisherman's hut now. Let's all go down to the island and look it over. If you want to stay there all summer, you may. Oh, Grandfather, cried Jesse, we would like it better than anything in the world. It would be just like the boxcar days. Like I said, they used to live in a boxcar. Couldn't a watch go too, asked Benny, with his hand on the dog's head. Certainly, said Mrs. Al Mr. Alden. You'd be lonely without you. Can we have a real stove and cook, said Violet? You'll have to cook, replied Mr. Alden. If you want to eat, I will give you some money for dishes and things. You must tell me how much money you need, but don't make it too much. All the children laughed a little because... Even Benny knew that their grandfather had enough money to buy anything they wanted. Let's go now, said Benny suddenly. The four children jumped up quickly, that Mr. Alden threw back his head and laughed. <laughs> we'll go in the car as far as the ocean, he said. Then Captain Daniel will take us in the motorboat across to the island. We might stop and get Dr. Moore and his mother to come along and enjoy the fun. It's the doctor's day off. The children were delighted, for Dr. Moore and his mother were their best friends. Dr. Moore did not look at all surprised when they came. He helped his mother into the big car, and off they all went toward the ocean. On the way, Jesse and Violet began to plan their housekeeping. We have to buy bread and bottles of milk, said Jesse. Then we can could live even if we don't have anything else to eat. Here's a little book and a pen, said Mr. Alden taking a small book from his pocket. Write down the dishes we need, said Violet, before they reached the ocean. Jesse had put down all the things they could think of. There were spoons, cups, bowls, plates, a sharp knife, a dishpan, and a big kettle. Then they saw the ocean and the Alden motor boat tied up at the small dock. Captain Daniel, the old fisherman, was waiting for them on the dock. How are you, Captain, said Mr. Alden, as they shook hands. Just take us across to the island if the children don't like it. You can bring us right back again. The children shouted at this. We'll, we'll like it all right, they said. They climbed into the boat and were off. There's our island, cried Henry, our very own island. Benny began to wave. There's nobody there, Benny. Why are you waving? asked Grandfather. In spite of this, all the children began to wave at the island. And there's our little house, shouted Benny. But it is big enough for all of us. But is it big enough for all of us? Oh no, said Captain Daniel. That little hut is my house, he laughed. And looked at Mr. Alden. They, looked, they laughed at the little dock and walked a short way before they saw a small yellow house. Are we going to live in the yellow house, cried Jesse. Oh, no, answered Mr. Alden. You children are going to live in the barn. In the barn, shouted the children as they ran over to it. 
This is the best idea I've ever heard, cried Henry. He opened the do big door and looked in. A new floor had been laid, but the children did not notice it at all. All of them were looking at the floor, four box stalls, four box stalls along the back of the room. Bedrooms, cried Benny, pointing to the box stalls. That's what they are, said Henry, opening one of the swinging doors to look in. Each stall had a large window and nothing else at all. Let's bring down some straw for beds, said Henry, looking at the stars. We can cover the straw with blankets. He pointed to a pile of clean, light brown blankets. Jesse ran over to look at the little stove. It was new, and there was was on oven on top. Then Henry walked over to look at some barrels. Here are two empty barrels, he shouted. We can use them for turntable legs and lay this long board across them for a table. Wonderful, said Jesse. The older people stood in the doorway watching the excited children. I'm glad the workmen left those old boxes here, said Henry. I can make dozens of things that, out of that wood, maybe a little cupboard for the dishes. Oh, Henry, do you think you could, cried Violet. We wouldn't need doors. Of course he could, said Benny. He could make doors too. Henry can make anything. There's a little spring over there, said Mr. Aldridge, taking the children to the window to look. That spring never runs dry. It's always as cold as ice, even on very hot days, and it is safe to drink, too. Isn't that perfect, said Jessie. The most important things are settled already. Oh, I wish we could stay here tonight. How about dishes, asked Violet. Jessie said, well, we can get spoons and things at the five and ten. Are there any dishes already on the island, Grandfather? Not a dish except that little cat. What the captain has, replied Mr. Alden. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be sorry, cried Jessie. It's a lot more fun to buy them. Well, let's each get six of each thing. Then we can have company. There's still time to go back to the mainland, said Henry, looking at his watch. We could go to the five and ten for dishes, and we could buy bread and milk for supper. And I want my bear, said Benny. Very well, my children, said Mr. Alden, smiling. You shall go back and get your things and stay here this very night. But just then, Mr. Aldridge noticed that Captain Daniel had something on his mind. Do you want something, Captain, he asked? Well, yes, I heard you say I was the only one on the island. Why aren't you, Mr. Alden looked at him? No, I'm not. I, I've got a fr young friend staying with me in my hut. I thought I had better tell you. He's a good young man, handy and all, but he hasn't been well. What's the matter with him? Who is he? asked Mr. Alden sharply, just as Captain Daniel knew he would. I've known him all his life, said Captain Daniel. Then he looked at Dr. Moore for help. Suppose I go down to the hut and talk with this man, said Dr. Moore. Fine, said Mr. Alden. You go and see what that is all about. I want to go with you, said Benny. Oh, no, said the doctor. You can go look in the windows of the yellow house and see what you can see. I'll be right back. So the children went over to look into every window while Dr. Moore went off with Captain Daniel to see his friend. Chapter 2. Housekeeping. Well, shall we read one more chapter? I think maybe we shall. Chapter 2. Housekeeping. Thank you for coming, doctor, said Captain Daniel as they walked toward the fisherman's hut. You will see that it's all right. Soon they came to the hut. 
A young man sat in the door, fixing a lobster pot. Hello, he said, looking up. Hello, replied Dr. Moore. I'm a doctor, and I thought I would come to see you. Mr. Alden is leaving his four grandchildren on the island with Captain Daniel. The young man smiled. Yes, I know, he said. I'm glad you came. Well, he's a very handy man, Joe is, put in Captain Daniel. He's a big help to me. I'm glad to tell you about myself, said the young man. Please sit down a minute. I used to live around here, he went on. Last year I went off to explore a place and dig up old Indian things. One day I fell from a very high rock and broke my arm. For a long time I didn't know who I was. Now do you remember who you are? asked Dr. Moore. Oh yes, I think I tell you, the young man whispered. I think I'll tell you, the young man whispered. You can't mean it, cried Dr. Moore. How strange. Who found you after you fell? Well, an old Indian found me. He took me to his hut. He took care of me and got me a, to a doctor, and the doctor fixed my arm. I came here to Captain Daniel as soon as I remembered who I was. Well, why didn't you go back to your home, asked Dr. Moore. Well, because I wanted to be perfectly well before I went home. You see, I used to live with my uncle. It didn't seem right for me to go home until I was sure that I was well again. Oh, I see, said Dr. Moore. Come over some day to see me and tell me more. I will look at your arm then. Oh, it's almost well, said the young man. Oh, good. You're doing the right thing. You should stay here and help Doc Captain Daniel. You will like the poor children when you get to know them. Oh, I'm sure I will, said the young man. You won't tell anyone about me, will you? No, I won't, promised the doctor. I will say that you are Captain Daniel's old friend and a hearty man. The children can call you Joe. Right on said Joe. My middle name is Joseph, anyway. Dr. Moore and Captain Daniel went back to the barn, leaving the strange handyman still fixing the lobster pot. Do you feel better now, Captain, asked the doctor. Oh, I should say so. Thanks for fixing it up. The stranger is all right, Mr. Alden said. Mr. Alden told Dr. Moore, Joe is a very fine fellow. He's very handy, and Captain Daniel has known him all his life. You're sure that they're, then that they're every, that everything is all right? Mr. Alden asked sharply. Yes, said the doctor. The children will like Joe. I want to go and see Joe, said Benny. Not now, said Henry. We haven't time. Don't you remember we're going back to the mainland to buy groceries and dishes? Oh, of course I remember, said Benny. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Captain Daniel took back to the ma took them back to the mainland. The doctor and his mother left the others at the store. We had a wonderful time seeing your new home, said Mrs. Moore. May we come again? asked Miss Dr. Moore with a twinkle in his eye. You know you may, said Jesse, smiling back. Come any time after we get some dishes. Come on, Jesse, said Benny. Let's buy things. Right, said Jesse, and they all went into the store. They walked straight to the piles of clothing di and dishes, cooking dishes. We're going to get lost, a lot of dishes, said Jesse. Maybe we have, maybe we might have a big box first. Maybe we have a big box first so that we can put the things into it as we find them? Certainly, said the girl. How is this one? Is it big enough? Well, that's just fine, said Henry. Look, Jesse. See that big pail? We ought to have two. 
one for drinking water and one for dishwasher. Well, that's a good thing. I hope we won't forget anything. Soon they had everything they wanted. It's four o'clock, said Henry. Let's go up to the house and get our swimming suits and towels. And my bear, said Benny. We will get your bear if we don't get anything else, said Jessie. I think we'll have to pack another box at the, our house, said Henry. Let's pack old clothes. We certainly don't want to wear those school clothes anymore. I should say not, said Henry. We can explore an island with good clothes on. Are we going to explore, asked Benny. Yes, Benny, said Violet. I'm going to take my paints and make pictures of things we find. Good, cried Henry, who liked Violet's little pat pictures very well. By this time they had come to the house. Let's find what we want to take, said Henry, and bring it to Jessie's room. Mrs. McGregor, the housekeeper, met them at the door and said, Jessie, don't you want to see what Mr. Alden has brought before you pack your things? But, yes, indeed, replied Jessie. Upstairs on Jessie's bed was a big pile of new play clothes. There are four pairs of brown shoes, too. Just think of Grandfather getting all these things, cried Jessie. Just what we need. Let's each put on one of these suits and not take any school clothes at all. I like my new clothes, said Benny. And my new shoes. He sat down on the floor and began to take off his shoes at once. Mr. Alden smiled as he sat downstairs in his big chair and listened to the happy shouting. Now for the packing box, said Henry. Wait, said Jessie. Don't bring the box up here. Don't bring the box. Each one of us can carry some things downstairs. I'll take the towels and my tools, said Henry. Violet and I will carry the work bag paints, the swimming suits, and the other clothes, said Jessie. Benny can carry the flashlight and the rest of the things. They all went downstairs with their arms full. Did we forget anything, asked Jessie. Well, we forgot my bear, I guess, said Benny, who had come downstairs again with a very funny-looking animal in his hand. He had the bear beside the box. Well, that's the most important thing of all, cried Jessie, packing the bear carefully in the box. We're all ready to go, Grandfather, said Henry. When the bear was added to the box, are you sure you won't be lonesome? Well, thank you, my boy. No, indeed, said Mr. Alden quickly. He knew the children would not go at all unless he was careful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with you if I could. I need a little rest. I wouldn't go with you if I could. I need a little rest without any children or dogs around. The children did not need to look up to see the twinkle in his eye, for they knew very well that he liked to have them near him. You won't hear Watch bark at the milkman for a long time, said Benny. Well, what shall I do, Benny? asked the, grand hit the grandfather. I shall miss the barking and noise in the morning. Goodbye, called everybody as the car started. Mr. Alden and Mrs. McGregor waved until the car was out of sight. They're wonderful children, said Mrs. McGregor. They're very clever. And yet they're never. They're never too busy to be kind to anybody, even little Benny now. Don't forget to say goodbye to the cook. Thank you, Mrs. McGregor, said Mr. Alden. That means a lot to me because you know them so well. He smiled as he went back to the big chair. He wanted to think about the children as they went across the island into their new home. The children got out of the car at the dock. Don't you forget that don't you forget that bread and milk, Jesse said Benny. Oh my, we almost went over without a thing to eat. How lucky we are to have a store so clear near the dock. Let's get loads of bread and milk. 
If we have bread and milk, we can live without eating anything else. I have to have my vegetables, said Benny. Of course, said Jesse, laughing. We'll have lots of other things. I want some supper now, Jesse, said Benny. I don't want to hear any more talking about it. Jesse laughed. I'm glad you are so hungry, Benny. I almost forgot to buy our supper. It's only six o'clock. We can have supper ready in an hour. Here comes Henry with the bread and milk. I can't wait an hour. I have to go to bed in an hour because Mrs. McGregor says so. Not tonight, Mr. Benny, said Henry, laughing. Captain Daniel put the boxes into the boat and started the motor. In a very short time, they came to the island, and Captain Daniel helped the children carry the boxes to the barn. Good luck, said Captain Daniel, as he sat down as he set down the last box. I hope you will like your new home. Oh, we shall, Jesse called after him. And thank you. You have been so kind to us. Now, said Benny, let's get to work. Oh, isn't this exciting, Said cried Jesse. You open the boxes, and Benny and I will open up the table. What a noise they made. Henry took up the cover up the box. The others pulled out the barrels and laid the wide board across them. Then the whole family unpacked the blue and white dishes. We'll wash four bowls and four spoons, said Jesse. We won't heat water to wash all the dishes tonight. It's lucky that Captain Daniel brought a little water. No, said Violet. We can't put things away until we have a dish cupboard. Tomorrow, cried Henry. I will make that dish cupboard the very first thing. Violet put, pulled the bread on the plate. Well, Jesse put two bottles of milk on the table. So with packing boxes for chairs, the four children sat down. They pulled their bread into the bowls and poured the cold milk over it with their new spoons. They began to eat their most delicious supper in their new home. We must get something to wa for Watch to eat, said Henry, as the dog ate two big slices of their bread. How many slices of bread may I have, Jesse asked Benny. All you want, cried Jess both Jesse and Henry. When supper was over, Jessie pulled up so suddenly that her hair went over. Let's wash these dishes right away, she said, and then make up our beds. So the children started for the, for the spring, each with a bowl and a spoon. They saw that the water from the spring came up into a barrel and ran over the top. The stream ran into the woods. We had better wash ourselves in the stream, said Henry. As he waited for the others... He brought he he thought he saw a vegetable garden on the other side of the house. He could not see very well because he was getting dark. A funny thing to find on an island, he thought to himself. Hmm. I'm going to bring down my own bed myself, said Benny, starting to back to the barn. I want the stall right next to Jesse's for my bedroom. He's sleepy, said Jesse, looking at her little watch. It's eight o'clock and I'm sleepy too. After all the children were in bed, Jesse sat up suddenly and listened. She heard a little sleepy voice saying over and over, Jesse, I want my bear. I want my bear. She got up at once with the flashlight. She, she soon found the funny-looking animal in the packing box and took it to Benny. When Jesse woke up again, it was morning. Chapter 3, The Garden. The adventures begin. Well, and that ends the boxcar children. We'll start the books tomorrow. We'll read more tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Silly and Sissy. And enjoy our other offerings on Radio Theater. Stay tuned for more.
Thanks again for listening. I see you. Goodbye. Goodbye, Abigail. Goodbye, you. Goodbye, everybody. See you tomorrow. Well, hello there. Who is it? It's Silly and Sissy. Woo, woo. Everybody's favorite auntie. Everybody's favorite auntie. And today we're doing story time with Silly and Sissy. And we're reading the boxcar children. We are gonna read the boxcar children. It's gonna be a fun time. It's gonna be a fun time. So we read the first couple chapters and now we're moving on up. We're moving on up to the west side. If you know that TV show, you know, you know. But um, in there at the east side, I'd like to say west side because I live in California. All right, before we read the boxcar children, let's read a couple poems by Shel Silverstein, shall we? Upstairs. There's a family of wrens who live upstairs. Upstairs, upstairs, upstairs. Inside my hat all cozy in. My hair, my hair, my hair. I've moved a dozen times and still they're there. They're there, they're there. I like to get away from them. But where, but where, but where? The hat isn't big enough to share, to share, to share. But now I see you're bored and you don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care. About the wrens who live inside my hair. My hair, my hair, my hair. Gatsby agrees. No one cares. No one cares about the hair. Let's read the garden. Old man Simon planted a diamond, grew himself a garden like the looks of none. Sprouts all growing, coming up glowing, fruits of jewels all shining in the sun. Colors of the rainbow, see the sun and rain grow, sapphires and rubies on ivory vines. Grapes of jade just ripening in the shade, just ready for the squeezing into green jade wine. Pure gold corn there, blowing in the warm air. Old crow nibbling on the amethyst seeds. In between the diamonds, old man Simon prowls about pulling out platinum weeds. Pink pearl berries, all you can carry. Put them in a bushel and haul them into town. Up in the tree, there's opal nuts and gold pears. Hurry quick, grab a stick and shake some down. Take a silver tater, emerald tomato, fresh plump coral melons hanging in reach, old man Simon digging in his diamonds, stops and rests and dreams about one real peach. All right, one last one, jumping rope. This started out as a jumping rope. You'll probably think that I'm a dope, but this started out as a jumping rope, and now I fear there is no hope. But this started out as a jumping rope, and now I'm tied in a knot. It's all around. Who? Who can kick a football from here to Afghanistan? I can. Who fought tigers in the street while all the policemen ran and hid? I did. Who will fly and have x-ray eyes and be known as a man no bullet can kill? Or woman. I will. Who can sit and tell lies all night? I might. Ridiculous Rose. Her mama said, don't eat with your fingers. Okay, said Ridiculous Rose. So she ate with her toes. <laughs> All right.
All right, this is a good one. Because this is about where the sidewalk ends. There is a place where the sidewalk ends and before the street begins. And there the grass grows soft and white. And there the sun burns crisp and bright. And there the moon bird rests from his flight to cool in the peppermint wind. Let us leave this place where the smoke blows back and the dark street winds and bends. Past the pits where the asphalt flowers grow, we shall walk with a walk that is measured and slow, and watch where the chalk white arrows go, to a place where the sidewalk ends. Yes, we'll walk with a walk that is measured and slow, and yes, we'll go where the chalk white arrows go, for the children they mark and the children they know, the place where the sidewalk ends. All right, that is that. And that is where the sidewalk ends. And what a good segment into the boxcar children. And where did we leave off? We're on, I believe, chapter 3. And they were just about to have their adventures. And Jesse woke up. So, Jesse was not the first one to wake up the next day. At 6 o'clock, Henry went very quickly to her room and opened the swing swinging door to let watch out the dog came very quietly and followed henry as he walked out the barn to the spring henry as he walked out of the barn to the spring henry stood still and looked around he was right he was just as he thought last night it was just as he thought last night there was a garden with rows and rows of vegetables in it. I wonder if this garden belongs to Captain Daniel, said Henry. Then he heard a little noise, and he turned around. A young man was coming toward him. His head was down as he walked. Henry looked at him carefully. Henry thought the man looked very sad, but he forgot that when the stranger looked up and smiled. I'm Joe, he said. I'm the handyman. How do you like your garden? Mine? Is it mine? asked Henry. Well, yeah, there's two gardens on this island. One belongs to Captain Daniel, and this one is yours. How did that happen, asked Henry. I just got here. Well, your grandfather knew that you would rather plant it yourself. If you did, it would be too late to start planting when you got out of school. So he told Captain Daniel to plant it, and he said you would weed and look after the garden when you came. I will, said Henry, opening one of the peas. These are big enough to eat now. Yes, said Joe. The peas are just right, but nothing else will be ready until later. Haven't you ever eaten teeny vegetables? We did once. We pulled them because there were too many of them in the garden. It makes me hungrier when I remember how good they were. The girls make such good things to eat out of almost anything. The other children appeared at just that minute. Just that minute, the other kids appeared. It was Benny who spoke first. Hello, Joe, he said. You look like Joe. You look like a Joe. Is this your garden? No, said Joe, laughing. It's yours. Oh, no, it isn't, said Benny. It is ours, Benny, said Henry. Joe and Captain Daniel started it for us, and you may help me weed it. Not now, said Benny. I want my breakfast. We'll eat soon, said Jesse, smiling at Joe. This is Violet, and I'm Jessie. Joe said, 
Yes, Captain Daniel told me all your names. I feel as if I knew you all. Oh, look, said Benny. Peas. I like peas for dinner. Our dinner is all planned, then, said Jessie. We'll have peas and everything, and we'll help pick and shell them. They walked slowly back to the barn, leaving Joe at the woodpile. He's nice, isn't he, said Violet, as they walked along. They all agreed that he was. After the four bowls and the bread and milk were set on the table, the children sat down carefully on the packing boxes. Then Jessie said, I think that after breakfast we'd better make a plan for the summer. Every day we must go and every day we must cook something at noon. After dinner we must make everything something or go exploring. Make something such as a dish cupboard, I suppose, said Henry, looking at Violet. Well that's not a bad idea, Henry, said Violet. I will make you a cupboard this very day, said Henry. Let's wash the dishes and pick the peas now, said Jessie. Henry can make the dish cupboard while we shell the peas. We'll take the dishpan to hold them. On the way to the spring with their bowls and the dishpan, they passed Joe at the woodpile. Henry! Did you know that Captain Daniel goes over to the mainland every morning for groceries? If you need any groceries, just leave me your order on a piece of paper in the box on the dock. Captain Daniel will bring your order back to the island before dinner. Oh, how nice, said Jessie. I was wondering what to do about milk. Ours is almost gone. Just write about what you want. I'll take it down now. Here's my pen. Jessie and Henry sat down facing each other on rocks to think. We must have butter for the peas, said Jessie. We'll want bread and four bottles of milk every day all summer, said Henry. Sugar and some... Dog bread for watch. Good, I almost forgot watch. I want to go with Joe and see the little box, said Benny, taking Joe's hand. Let him go, said Violet. I'll wash his bowl for him, and we can pick peas without him. Then the older children set to work. They picked enough for dinner, but lots of peas were left. <sighs> enough for... Two more dinners, said Henry, very pleased, and and more will grow. Now I will start that cupboard while you girls shell the peas. Henry said, How many places will you need to put things, Jessie? One shelf for spoons and things, said Jessie, and one shelf for dishes, said Violet, and one shelf for pans and kettles, said Jessie, and an extra shelf for groceries. The two girls sat in the open door of the barn shelling peas. Henry began to build the cupboard. What time shall we go swimming, asked Jessie. We could go in right before lunch, said Henry. Or if you were too busy cooking, we could swim before breakfast and maybe again at four o'clock. Fine, said Jessie. Before breakfast when we feel like it. Four o'clock when we don't. Maybe both and go to bed at eight o'clock. Or as soon as it gets dark. Oh dear, do we all have to go to bed so early? asked Violet. You'll want to, believe me, said Henry. Yes, wait and see. When the peas were shelled, Benny came running back. It's a big box, Violet, and there's a little door and hold lots of bottles of milk and everything. I like to open the door and take out the things. What did you take out? asked Violet. Well, oh, Captain Daniel let me take out some letters and packages. Maybe you would like to go 
Gatsby agrees. Well, let me take out some letters and packages. Well, maybe you'd like to do that every day, Benny. You can take out the order down to the bo box. Then you may get the groceries and letters when they come. Oh, I'd like to do that, said Benny. Captain Daniel was there, and he said he's bringing our groceries soon. Then I can open the little door and get them. That's fine, said Henry. He was glad to please Benny and get a little work done at the same time. Come and hold the door for me, will you? The morning passed very quickly, and Jesse lightened the little stove boiled some water, lighted this little stove, boiled some water and the kettle and put them in and put them in the pea and put them in the peas. There was no need to call anyone for the whole family and the dog stood watching her. Oh boy, said Henry as he began to eat. Oh boy, cried Benny. Violet said nothing, but when her first dish was empty, she passed it for more. This is what I like, said Jessie. Everybody seems better. Everything seems better when we have to work to get it. It was fun to put white paper in the little dish cupboard and find the best places for each cup and bowl. And at one o'clock, the barn was once more in order. The cupboard was shut and the four children and their dog were ready to explore the island. Chapter 4. Clamming. Shall we read one more? Let's read one more. Clamming. They're about to explore. Yay! The children walked through the beach grass and sat on the sand. Jesse, look at that, said Benny, pointing as he spoke. A stream of water shot out at the sand. But Henry did not stop to say how pretty it was. Clams, he shouted. He jumped up and took a stick from the beach. The rest of the children and the dog ran to watch Henry as he began to dig. Sure enough, he took a real clam from the wet hole. Oh, I wish I had a shovel. There are lots of clams here. See that hole? And that. Let's run up and get two more spoons and the dish pan. They raced for the tools, leaving Benny and Violet with the stick. When they came back running, they found that Benny had dug out another clam. I'm going to keep mine, said Benny. It's such a very pretty purple color. You can put all yours together into the pan, said Benny to Jessie. You won't want to keep them when you find out how good they are to eat, said Jessie. The children took off their shoes and set to work. There's another. I can't dig fast enough. Watch seemed to know and what was going on. He stood still a minute watching Benny dig with the stick. Then he began to dig too with his paws. Good old Watch, cried Benny. You can do all my digging if you want and I'll take the clams out for you. As if he really did understand. The dog watched for Benny to show him where the clam was. Then he began to dig again. The older children laughed to see the sand fly under his paws, but they were very glad to see the pan fill up. I suppose these are for dinner tomorrow, said Henry. 
as he threw a clam on the pile. Yes, said Jesse. These will keep all right here. We can cover them all over with seaweed. I think we have enough, said Henry, looking at the pan. He went to the water and pulled out a lot of wet seaweed. He spread this carefully over the clams. I wish we knew what was around the next point. Let's find out, the children said. We're exploring now, Benny, said Violet. You must keep your eyes open. Benny's eyes were certainly open when he went around the point. In the water near the beach was a little raft. Oh, I knew that Grandfather fixed this place for us to swim in, said Benny. Of course he did. The water here can't be over my head, but it is deep enough for swimming. The children explored until three o'clock. Then they all agreed to go swimming and went out to their rooms to put on their suits. When they came back to the beach, they all walked together into the water. Cold, said Benny, walking out again. I like warm water. That's because you're not in it all over, said Jesse. You just watch Henry, and we'll soon like it. They all watched Henry as he went quickly into the water and began swimming hand over hand to the raft. Watch swam along beside them. It's great, shouted Henry. I will just as... Come on out, Jesse. I will just as soon as I get Benny in, she called back. You'll never be warm unless you go in all over, Benny. But Benny would not go in. He sat in his swimming suit throwing stones into the water. Violet was down to the went down to the beach looking for seaweed. She said she would stay with Benny while Jesse swam out to the raft. As Jesse and Henry sat with their feet in the water, they saw a man coming. It's Joe, said Henry. It was Joe. And he was wearing a swimming suit. Henry watched as Joe came along the beach and sat down beside Benny. How is the water today? It's awfully cold, replied Benny. The ice melted. I guess that's because you haven't been in all over, said Joe, smiling. Yes, that's what Jesse says, said Benny. Well, this is called Rockwood, said Joe suddenly, as Violet picked up a long piece of brown seaweed. There are very beautiful seaweeds around here. See this dark green one on the sand? And here's another red one. Look, there's a piece of it in that wave. Oh, there it goes, she cried. We've lost it. Benny was standing up this. by this time, looking into the waves. He did not even feel the water washing over his feet. The seaweed came up on a wave and went down again. This time Benny went right after it. I've got it, he shouted. He was right. He had caught the red seaweed and he was wet all over. Good for you, Benny, said Joe with a smile. Let me take it, take it a minute. Here, said Benny, handing the seaweed to Joe. He did not know that he was standing in melted ice. Say, I have an idea. Float the seaweed like this in the water, then pick it up by putting it by putting a piece of writing paper under it and spread out the feathery branches with the pin. Will the seaweed stay on the paper? asked Violet. Yes, said Joe. There is something in the seaweed that makes it stick to the paper when it's dry. Then you can use the paper for writing letters. Oh, I like that, but I'd also like to make a seaweed collection. Oh, fine, said Henry, for he and Jesse had come back from the raft to see what was going on. You can write the names of the seaweed and make a little book. That will be hard to do. There aren't many everyday names for seaweed, said Joe. You know lots of things, don't you, Joe, said Benny.
The three older children agreed, for they had seen how clever Joe had been in getting Benny into the cold water without his knowing it. After they had dressed and were sitting down to supper, Henry was thinking about Joe. Later when he was in bed, he thought Joe was a very strange handyman to know the names of the different kinds of seaweed. And chapter five, Summer Plan. All right. We'll start with chapter five tomorrow, the summer plan. What will the summer plans bring the boxcar children? Only time will tell. And guys, speaking of time, if you have a chance, you may want to get um this stuff from Orville that I've taken, these vitamins. They're really grand to take. And it has everything you need. It has vitamin D. It has vitamin C. Well, no, it doesn't have vitamin D. It has vitamin C. It has zinc and a lot of other magnesiums and a lot of great herbs and vitamins that will help make you feel really healthy. I take it, and that's just what we need right now. And plus it has vitamin D in it. Um, not vitamin D. It's Orla... Len Nutrition, Oraline Nutrition, and they have all kinds of herbs. You can find them on Amazon. I keep saying it has vitamin D because I take vitamin D. No, but it has vitamin C, B for energy and zinc, which is so important. And then add that into your vitamin D mixture and you're all set. So take that and go on to Amazon to find out about Oraline Nutrition will help you like it helped me. And it has two, you get two for one when you order. It's a really good price, two for 20. And it lasts about a couple months, two or three months. So for you or for your kids, but check it out. All right, thanks for listening to Storytime with Silly Aunt Sissy. And this is another radio theater show down in the books. Stay tuned for tomorrow. I'll be here for you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Silly and Sissy on her adventures. What will Silly and Sissy do tomorrow? We'll have to wait and see. For Silly and Sissy always does some fun things. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.